0: You see, we all need a great story to be a part of, and and maybe this morning as you come in, you're feeling like you don't know where you're going. You're feeling a sense of despair. Maybe you're ready to give up, and you need some encouragement today, and that is the, the great story that we're called to, that is the kind of center of what it means to be the people of God is that there is encouragement and there is something to hold onto no matter what you're experiencing today. And at the heart of our mission, at the heart of it, what it means to be the people of God is that there is good in the world because God is in the world. God is present among us and he's calling us to be a part Of what he's doing and that's that's really where we start as we think of this greater story it's the story of God not just something that God did many many years ago but what God is doing today and how the story from years ago impacts us today in this moment so what's that great story as we read the scriptures really the whole layout of the of the scriptures is that God has come in to this world first of all God created all things, and he created human beings. He created us for relationship, to have value and purpose. We were made in his image. And even though we got off track as we look at human history, as we lived in our own independence and tried to do it without God, God, who made the world, decided to come into the world by sending Jesus to live among us to lay, ultimately, to live a perfect life before God, to bring us back to God and to lay uh, uh, down his life for our sin, our brokenness, our separation, which means there's restoration, there's repurposing, and God wants us to be a part of what he's doing. And that means that he has destroyed darkness and sin and all the brokenness that we experience in this world. And he's called us to start being a part of the restoration process. So that's where we begin to engage with this great story. It's a story of mission. It's a story where we're called into an experience where there's gonna be challenge, there's gonna be tough times. We're gonna face uh, things that we don't know how to get through them. And yet in the midst of that, God is with us. There's good in the world because God is in the world. And as we uh, put our trust in Christ, as we respond in faith, there's good in us as we participate in what God is doing. So here's what Jesus did. So we, we see through the gospels, the life of Jesus and his, his purpose, what he came for. And after his death, there was resurrection. As he defeated the power of death and sin and darkness, he called the disciples together. And what was interesting is even in that moment. There was still despair. There was confusion. His disciples, the, the women, they didn't know fully what was going on. And so the women, you know, they were at the tomb, and they were filled with grief. They were devastated. But there was also joy when they saw the empty tomb. And then Jesus, you know, word got out. He called the, the disciples to come show up. And they came. It said some worshiped and some doubted. There was confusion And they were all messed up emotionally, but in those moments, Jesus said, hey, I have a purpose for you. I have something that I want you to be a part of in this great story of God, the greatest story in this world. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew 28, um, gathering the disciples up. He said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so he's saying, hey, I'm gathering you because you're going to go out now and represent me. The love and the faith that's just beginning to fill you, that's something that you're going to share with everyone that you come into contact with. And I think what we have to remember this morning is that this wasn't simply something that happened 2,000 years ago. This wasn't just to the group of disciples that went out and ultimately changed the world. But Jesus is sharing this. Uh, He's inviting us into this great story as well, and he's sharing this with us Personally, he's saying, I am calling you to be my disciple. That's the starting point for us to receive his grace, to receive this restored relationship with God, something that we can't earn, we can't make happen on our own. It all comes through our faith in Christ. And for us to say, Yeah, God, I believe that you're with me and I want to be a part of that. Because if you're going to make disciples, you have to first be. A disciple. And that's the very center of this text, it's making disciples. And you're going, baptizing, teaching, and you're living. I want you to be about daily making disciples. And so it starts with us responding to God on a daily basis and holding on to this reality that God is with us and He wants to lead us forward. But here's the hard thing for us. Here's the problem. You see, this is the greatest story in our world. It's the only story that truly makes sense as we grow in relationship with God. But there's an alternative story, right? There's an alternate story in our culture and our world, and that story is all about us. It's about us finding our own purpose. It's about our success, our, our recognition, what we can achieve in our life and it's so easy and it's so difficult not to get sucked into that story, right? I mean, even when we're clear on, yes, God, I believe that you're in my life and I'm, I'm trusting you with faith, there's this alternate story that we do combat with on a daily basis. And so how do we figure that out? Um, this past week uh, was really interesting. I, was, uh, uh, I did a funeral this past week. Uh, For a friend of mine named Scott, um, what's interesting is that he, uh, I, I was good friends with his younger brother. He grew up in Michigan, and he was working here in San Antonio, and so he came down in 2010 and was just transitioning to San Antonio, was sorting, Scott was sorting through all kinds of stuff in his life, trying to figure out, you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? You know, I've got family that's back up north. I'm here in Texas, I've got this job, I'm working long hours, I, you know, I don't know where my place is, I don't know anybody here in San Antonio, and so he stayed with us for a, a, just a couple of weeks as he got started here, and then you know he was working, I saw him a couple of times at summer, and I lost, I lost track of him. And what I found out through his family, he, he died of colon cancer uh, you know, just over a week ago, and he'd been sick for almost the last three years, but his faith, became a center part of his life in 2013. He was baptized here in San Antonio. He got married here in San Antonio and was really finding a sense of purpose. And rather than all the things that he'd been chasing for so long and frustrated with about his successes and his many failures, it's the kind of stuff that we can get wrapped up in, right? No matter how strong our faith is, it's easy to fall into that alternate story. Well, what does it mean for us as we look ahead? Because this story, as we live into it, it really gives us a sense of purpose on a daily basis. You see, the great story gives us purpose. It helps us see that there's a greater mission that we're a part of. There's something much bigger than ourselves in our small little story, right? Right? We don't have to get lost in our own despair. We all have difficult things that we are confronted with and relationships and all that kind of stuff. But there's a greater story going on and you and I can connect with it on a daily basis and it gives us purpose. It gives us focus. Um, Let me just share a couple things as we think about this focus. Because... Wouldn't it be great if we could just say every morning, I'm completely dialed in, God? I know exactly what to do. I know how to share this greater story with others. And we can start that way, right? And that's part of the reason that we're here at church because we need a community that helps us, right? Because if we're going to be focused on our purpose, we need people that are going to help us along the way. We can't do it on our own, right? That's what helps us as we get up on a daily basis and say, All right, God. I want to be a part of what you're doing. We need friends who are encouraging us. So that means we read the great story from the scriptures together, right? That's what it means to be a disciple, to make disciples. It means to be a people of the story where we help each other. We get together, we encourage each other. We we pray for each other. We become a support to one another. That's a huge part of us staying on purpose, right? Right? And we need that because life, just ordinary life, has a way of sucking mission out of us, doesn't it? Right? I mean, let's just get at everyday normal life because we have bills to pay, we have jobs to go to, we have family crises to deal with, we have relationships that aren't going the way we want them to, right? There's all that kind of stuff. And yet God's called us to be a people of mission. And I wonder about this sometimes in my house because it's like, you know, there's six of us. And we're going to have all six of us together again this summer. And I wonder sometimes how such a few number of people can make such a disaster out of a house. I mean, so I'm thinking, oh, okay, God, you yeah, know, I'm excited about today. And then I walk into the family room, and it's a disaster. And here's, here's another thing. Now, this is one thing that really gets at me is, uh, uh, so Candace was gone like a week or so ago. And so, I, you know, I was responsible for getting, you know, Kids up, girls going in the morning, all that kind of stuff. And we have this ongoing thing with socks. And so the girl's like, we don't have any socks. And so I gathered all the socks and underwear I could find in the house, and I washed them, and I pulled them all out. And I'm like, how can there be, like, a 100 socks and hardly any matches? That's our life a lot of days. And so that's why I, I wash my own socks in my own load, and I hide them in my closet. (laughs) So the competition's gonna be on for my socks this summer. But we get lost in the ordinary, everyday kind of stuff, don't we? And yet we're a people that's called to be on mission. How can we be more focused on that? Well, we need each other right? We need each other's encouragement and support as we go along the way, but we need something else. And it's something that only God gives us. Because when Jesus said, hey, disciples, here's what I want you to do. Remember all authority in heaven on earth. I mean, this is everything because I'm the son of God. I'm giving this to you as you go out and represent me. And I want you to make disciples of all people, all backgrounds, wherever you are, Wherever the road trip takes you, I want you doing this, but I'm going to give you exactly what you need. I'm going to give the power that you need. So here's what he said only as we read the scriptures, not, you know, only a few days later in Acts chapter one, because he said, you're going to need something on this journey. It's, you know, we come together in community and that's helpful, but there's something that I'm going to give you. And here's what he said in Acts chapter one. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere about me, in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so he said that a long time ago, but he says it to us and reminds us again of this incredible power that you and I need to be disciples. And it's the presence of God in us, the gift of the Holy Spirit, where he lives in us in us, and fills us with the strength that we don't have, with the vision and the focus that we don't have on our own. And God has given that to you as you live by faith. It's this incredible reality where we can daily be reminded that we are a part of something much bigger than ourselves and not get lost in those details that nearly kill us some days. So the great story gives us power. It gives us purpose, and the great story gives us power. You see, Jesus, when he was spending time with the disciples over and over again, he said, do not be afraid. And this is one of the greatest uh, gifts that we have to overcome fear, is God in us. You know something? That means as you live by faith today, you have power. You're powerful. Not because you're so strong or because you're so smart. You're powerful because the Spirit of God lives in you. Now listen to this. This is incredible. Ephesians chapter 1. So Paul is talking to the early church about this power that they have in them. And he says this, He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he's called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, let's just stop just for a second because it's mind-blowing. What Paul is telling the early church and what Paul is telling us again today is that this same power that raised Jesus from the dead, now that's a pretty mysterious, huge power, That same power is in us. That same power is in you today as you follow Christ. And the way that we begin to to live into that power is just recognizing in our own weakness, right? Because it's not our power. We, We don't manufacture it. It's the power that comes from God in our weakness, in our humility, and really in our openness, and availability. And that's what God's asking us to be a part of today, simply to be willing to be his people wherever we are on the journey this week. That means in the daily struggles, in your work, in your running around with the kids, in the activities that you're a part of when you're out at the store, you have an opportunity to be the very presence of God and represent Jesus' love in the world. Now, as I was telling you about Scott, um, one of the interesting th- things being with his family is, I mean, he died at 51. That's, you know, that's not the way it should be. His girls are in his 20s. He just has a young son. And yet, as his family, as they kind of gathered around him, over, especially over the last couple of years, you know, his, his new faith and this new power in him began to change how he viewed life in the world. And this was a family... Eight kids. And so I remember playing basketball with the brothers. There were four boys and four girls. And so I played basketball with some of the brothers over time. And uh, and they were super competitive. And yet, in these last couple of years, the center of Scott's life became, how can I love and encourage people around me? And it was interesting to see the family, which had never hugged, Or even shared I love you that often to see the impact it had on them. And you know what? For us, we have that opportunity to share the love and the power of God on a daily basis. No matter what you're going through. I have this this prayer that I want us to think about um, as we leave today. It's a a book that I've just begun reading about movements of God across the United States and across the world. But the center of these movements is people and churches that know their their power comes from the Spirit of God and, and how they can come together to make a difference in their city. And you, Rock Hills Church, you're making a difference, and God has lots more for you to accomplish in this city as you trust him. And so I want you to think about this prayer and, uh, and think about what it means for you as you live out your faith in this mission that Jesus has given each one of us. Here's the prayer. God, we give you permission to completely disrupt our lives in concert with your greater purposes. We pray that you will give us courage to be fully available to you. Teach us what we need to know, tell us where we need to go, and show us whom to join in this journey of greater consequence in life. And I want to pray for you here in a moment, but that's my prayer for Rock Hills, and that's my prayer for you, is that you have a sense of this greater story that God has invited you to be a part of today. And that you'll be willing to be courageous to share his love with whomever God puts you in relationship with. Pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for the greater story because we get lost in our small story so often, myself included. And God, we... uh, We want to be filled fully with your spirit and your power and knowing that in our weakness you call us to live courageously and to live with love and to share your mercy and your grace and your goodness with the people around us. And that's a, some days that's a hard thing to do on our own, but we're not alone because you have grabbed a hold of us and you've called us to be a part of this great life where many, many people will come to faith in this city because of our faith here at Rock Hills. So Lord Jesus, help us to be aware, to be willing. Show us what we need to know. Tell us where to go and show us who we can walk along with. And we promise to give you thanks. We promise to give you all the recognition and the glory. And we want to celebrate what you're doing among us and around us. And we pray this in Christ. Amen.